So I go away for a weekend, I come back, and the Vegas Golden Knights have two wins under their belt, which probably means I need to go on vacation a whole lot more often. Uh, Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, December 17th, 2019. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com and site manager for SB Nation's Knights on Ice. We will get to those two wins by Vegas over the weekend momentarily, but before we do, if this is the first time you are listening to this podcast, I welcome you. We are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever else you may consume your podcasting. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at LockdownVGK, and you can find me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. Or if you like sending emails, which, you know, in the year 2019, the year of our Lord, uh, you can do so. You can send an email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. So the last time we we all spoke to one another, uh, the Golden Knights were coming off a 4-2 loss to the reigning Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues, a game in which Vegas probably should have won. They were up 2-1, to one, they controlled pace, they controlled tempo, they controlled the forecheck all throughout the first period. Second period, they completely fell apart, allowed three goals in the span of about 10-11 minutes, and Vegas lost the first game of a central back-to-back in which they would be facing the Dallas Stars the next night in Dallas. And the Golden Knights came out and responded very well in the Sega Baba, uh, thanks to one Max Pacioretty with a two-point night, including the game-winning goal in overtime for a 3-2 victory in Dallas. And then 48 hours later, Max Pacioretty once again with a four-point night, his first four-point game as a member of the Golden Knights, two goals, two assists, and the Golden Knights defeated those pesky young Vancouver Canucks 6-3 to on Sunday. And at this current juncture, at this current point in time, the Vegas Golden Knights are sitting pretty comfortably at 18-13-5, good for technically third place in the Pacific Division, thanks to the Oilers winning on Sunday. We will touch that in our look around the league later on. But the Golden Knights found a way to rebound very well against the Stars and against the Canucks after really what was considered really a letdown performance. I know it's hard to have a letdown performance against the defending champions, but when you play as well as you did in the first period and you go into the second period and you completely collapse that that would be in all estimation considered a letdown performance but Vegas did a great job bouncing back and asserting its dominance against Vancouver in another divisional game Vegas just continues to roll through the Pacific Division I think the right now if we're basing it on head-to-head competition the Golden Knights are the best team in the Pacific Division right now the top four is a little bit crowded, and it's about to get even more crowded, and we will touch on that in the second segment. But the biggest takeaway I had from the weekend, from the game, when I had to re-watch the games, uh, Max Pacioretty isn't getting paid nearly enough. Uh, right now, with 34 points, leads the team, 15 goals, 19 assists, uh, making $7 million a year. He is clearly right in, far and away right now the best skater on the Golden Knights, and he is absolutely killing he's doing it all phases scoring on the power plays score he's being the primary assist man he's uh scoring goals from his office at the right circle he's doing it all right now for the golden knights and he has been absolutely spectacular he was the first star of the week 
uh, in the NHL this past week for his eight-point performance, five goals and three assists in four games in which the Golden Knights went three and one. Obviously, that lone loss coming against the Blues. So the Golden Knights will return to the ice tonight at T-Mobile Arena for another home stint before they head on the road Thursday to take on Vancouver, but they will be welcoming a team that is also red hot in their own right, a team that we all thought was dead in early October, and really the entire month of October we thought they were dead. Uh, But the Minnesota Wild have been uh, resurrected, so to speak. They are right in the thick of things in the wild card chase as we near the halfway mark of the season. Uh, They will be taking on the Red Hot Wild, who are 7-1-2 in their last 10. And if you are looking for the most absurd number, you're going to find this side of the Mississippi. The Wild are playing their 22nd road game of the season tonight. I don't know how that's even possible. I don't know how in the world that is even plausible. Um, But they're playing their 22nd road game of the season tonight, which normally would be a good thing if you're a Golden Knights fan. The only problem is the Wild, who are 7-12-2 on the road this year, are going into T-Mobile Arena, a building in which they have never lost. The Wild are 3-0 all-time at T-Mobile Arena. They are 5-0-1 all-time overall against the Golden Knights. You'll recall the only win, to Vegas's credit, was in Minnesota, the second game of the season for Vegas, and had it not been... For a Max Pacioretty goal to tie the game late in the third period and it had not been for Eric Hollis scoring in the shootout, the Golden Knights probably would have lost that game too. So here we are, seventh all-time meeting between these two teams. The Golden Knights have never beaten the Wild in their barn. And this is really going to be, this is one of these games that we talked about that Vegas needs to win. This is a game where you're facing a team that has really had your number for the last two years. And even if the Wild are the Wild are right there in the playoff chase, they're right there in the thick of things in the wild card. I mean, if we, we could probably, if I have the standings, I don't think I have the standings up right now, but they're one point back of the second wild card, which if you remember, we were we kind of talked about this earlier on. The fact that the Wild have even gotten to this point is remarkable. Uh, they were really considered the worst team in the league after October. And the way that they've been able to fight back and the way that they've been able to play as well as they have um, is fantastic. Um, Devin Dubnik is going to be returning soon uh, with his uh, taking care of his wife who's dealing with a medical situation. Uh, Dubnik will not be starting tonight. It'll be Alex Stalock once again. Uh, but Dubnik is expected to return to the crease at some point, probably on this road trip for Minnesota at some point. So that's even more good news for them. They're probably going to be getting Jared Spurgeon back soon. They're tr- hope, depending on. I, I don't know if Miko Koivu is going to even be playing tonight because apparently Koivu left practice early on Monday, and uh, Bruce Boudreaux even said that wasn't a good sign. So Koivu probably not playing. Uh, the Wild reassigned uh, Capo Kakinen to uh, Iowa, so that obviously paved the way for Dubnik to return as the backup, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the Wild are playing very well at the right time, and they are entering the halfway mark right in the thick of things in the wild card picture. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Vegas responds to not only a red-hot wild team, but a team that they know they have, they've hardly had any success against. So a uh, big game tonight for the Golden Knights and the Wild. 
as we enter. We're getting close to the halfway mark. I mean, what did I say? 18, 13, and 5. So if you do the math, that would be 36 games. We are near the halfway mark, and it's December 13th. It is absolutely crazy uh, how quickly we have gotten to this point. Um, and, like, and like I mentioned earlier, that we're entering the halfway mark at the right time with the Pacific Division as crowded as it is, and it is only going to get even more crowded uh, with the news of yesterday, which we will talk about in a little bit. But first off, if you are looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion, passionful moments Great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. So I did not see the news last night until I was about on my way back from California. But I saw on my phone and it was kind of being speculated for the last few days beforehand, but it was made official last night. Uh, Taylor Hall is going to the Arizona Coyotes. Things just got a whole lot interesting here in the Pacific Division. It, it, I whew. Taylor Hall, a member of the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, the Devils send Hall to Arizona for three prospects and two draft picks, and the conditions on these draft picks are absolutely hilarious. Uh, if Arizona's first-round selection in the 2020 draft is in the top three, which I would be shocked as all hell if, if that were to happen, um... The Devils will receive the Coyotes' first-round pick in the 2021 draft. The third-round pick in the 2021 draft will become a second-round pick if Arizona wins a round in the playoffs or Hall resigns, and it will become a first-round pick if the Coyotes win a round in the playoffs and Hall resigns. Now, Taylor Hall obviously is a uh, unrestricted free agent; will be the biggest unrestricted free agent to hit the open market this upcoming summer. So, big move by the Coyotes because they, I kind of touched on this yesterday and I don't think I fully elaborated on Twitter, but I was, but I got caught up in driving. But basically if you are the Coyotes, you are a market that is not seen as a, a privy destination for big names, right? And it's not because nobody likes to go to warmer weather. It's basically because you haven't had as much success as you would have liked for the better part of your existence, which is going on, on coming up on what almost twenty five years now, and no big name is going to think, you know what? I have a good chance to win in Arizona. So the Coyotes have to make these kinds of moves. Fortunately for them, this move did not seem like a. It did not seem like the Coyotes' collective arm was being twisted. I mean, three prospects and two draft picks, which these two draft picks could really turn out to be late-round picks should the Coyotes continue upward in the trajectory in which they are going, which right now, sitting at 42 points atop the Pacific Division, right now, they are in a prime position to make a pretty solid playoff run. And the you figure next year's traffic is not going to be that all that important for the Coyotes. Their farm system is deep. They've already got a good team. They've already got a good infusion of young talent. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens here. But big picture, 
the Pacific Division is looking really good at the top. Uh, right now, it has become a four-team race between Arizona, Edmonton, Vegas, and Calgary. And the Coyotes have decided that they are going to be the first team to throw the gauntlet and say that they want the throne in this crowded division. Arizona and Edmonton are tied at 42 points. Vegas right behind them at 41. And then Calgary, which continues to win under new head coach Jeff Ward, now at 40 points. Now, it is crazy to me how much can change in a matter of time. You'll think of it this way. The Coyotes had that stint of, what, three consecutive playoff appearances in the late 2000s, early 2010s. And, of course, the uh, the one their last playoff appearance was making it to the Western Conference Final, which they eventually lost to the, to the eventual champion Kings, uh, you'll recall. Um, but in that time period, even in those three seasons where they made the playoffs, the Coyotes have not had much success in terms of, of offensive talent. Um, I think I actually have it going up in my Gaming Today column that will be going up on Wednesday. There have only been, there have only been two, two times since, since the last time they made the playoffs in 2011 that the Coyotes have had a 60-point score. Last year, or actually no, the year before, so two years ago with Clayton Keller, rookie, rookie Clayton Keller, with eclipsing the 60-point mark. And then the last one was Shane Doan and Ray Whitney. The Coyotes have not been known for their offense since really relocating from Winnipeg, if we're being honest. Um, In the span of six months, the Coyotes have acquired Phil Kessel and now Taylor Hall. So you add those two... And I mean, Kessel's kind of gotten off to a slow start, but he's starting to pick it up lately. You add Kessel and you add Hall. Now, lest we forget, Taylor Hall is a former MVP. And let me let me also add this because it just brought it was just brought to my brought to my forefront. The Coyotes basically got a, a former Hart Trophy winner for basically three prospects, and apparently these prospects are good enough for the Devils to be like, okay, just throw in a couple of draft picks and we're good to go. I mean that that that's that's been the devil's season in a nutshell, and I, I've already exhausted all my thoughts on the devils lately. But um, in the span of six months, they've gotten Phil Kessel, and they've gotten Taylor Hall. They already have a good defense. Oliver Ekman Larson, their captain, one of the best young defensemen in the league. Jacob Chikrin is again one of the, another really good young defenseman. They have great goaltending. Darcy Kemper is going to be a Vesna finalist based on his goals against average alone. I think leads the league at 1.97. He has been spectacular for the Coyotes all year long. And now, with all of that, you have an offense to boot. All of a sudden now, the Coyotes, now that they've made the... It's crazy what success can... Because you think about it last year. The Coyotes were very close to making the playoffs. The Coyotes are very close to making the playoffs with a non-existent offense, a very good goalie tandem, but really nothing else. Solid defense and outstanding penalty killing um, was going to get them to the playoffs if they were going to make it. Um, This year, they still have really good penalty killing. They still have a really good defense. Now they've got the offense. 
And if they can go on, if they can keep this up and the trajectory right now for the Coyotes is where it should be. They should be a top two team in this division, barring a catastrophic injury of some sort. The Coyotes have a real chance now to make some noise in the Pacific Division. They may even have the ingredients to make a run to the Western Conference Final. Again, the the Pacific Division is so wide open. Let, let's say, for example, they get... it. Let's say the Coyotes do win the Pacific, and they likely get the team out of the Central. So let's say... Let's say right, it might be Dallas, might be Minnesota. I mean, that's that's an ugly series, not, not ugly as in bad hockey, but it's gonna be like one of those grinder series that you know dates you back to like the 1980s or something. Um, but let's say Arizona wins the division; they get the one versus four matchup out of this. They get the second wild card matchup or the first wild card, depending on at the points, and they would play you know who Dallas, Minnesota, maybe Calgary. And they get a win in that series, and then they go on to the second round. And who do you got? Possibly Edmonton, maybe Vegas, likely Vegas. And then you'd it's not, with them getting home ice advantage, it's not inconceivable to think that they could beat one of those teams if Taylor Hall really is the difference maker that I think a lot of people are expecting them to be. So it's going to be the Pacific Division really it's going to get interesting now it's going to get very interesting to see how taylor hall impacts that team if he can if he can spark a fire in that offense that has not been seen since shane doan's prime the coyotes have just made this a very interesting division and the golden knights the Golden Knights, I think, are the team that we look at in this division and go, okay, they're going to make the move. They're going to make the big move that's going to make the splash that's going to charge them for a playoff run. This year, it's the Coyotes. And now the gauntlet has been thrown. Who is going to be the next team to step up and make the next move? I do think it'll probably be Vegas, and it's probably going to be for a defenseman at some point come the deadline. But right now, the Coyotes have to feel really good. They're atop a crowded division. They just got a former Hart Trophy winner for basically pennies on the dollar. They still have Phil Kessel. Clayton Keller is still good. They're st- their, their team is so young, but now they just added an MVP. And if he can turn that thing into a, a well-oiled machine, Rick Tockett has got himself one hell of a squad. So... No longer are the Coyotes the ugly stepchild. Uh, they're they're coming with some vengeance, and it's going to be very fun to watch them. I think I think Arizona comes to town. I think December twenty eighth, so that'll be the first matchup of the new look Coyotes against the Golden Knights. That should be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, so I'm looking forward to it, and I and I think anybody who's got any rooting interest in a team in the Pacific Division. You got to start watching Arizona right now if you haven't. They're they're already a grinder team that has really good young players, and now in the span of six months they've added Phil Kessel and they've added Taylor Hall. Incredible, absolutely incredible. Should be a lot of fun watching the Coyotes over the next couple of weeks to see how Taylor Hall fits into that lineup. So let's go ahead and uh, take a look around the league before we get out of here. A five game slate. 
uh, in the league last night, uh, starting with the Florida Panthers putting a beating on the Ottawa Senators 6-1. to Noel Acciari with the hat trick, uh, his first NHL hat trick. Jonathan Huberdeau with four assists. Achari was moved up with Huberto and Vincent Trocek after the Panthers lost three consecutive games in regulation. Joel Quenville said, enough with this crap. I'm going to just throw you on here and throw you on here, and it totally worked out. Uh, Achari with his first hat trick, Huberto with four assists. You might as well keep it going. If it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? I mean, one game sample size, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, the Nashville Predators are back on track, winning 5-2 to two at the Rangers. Uh, Roman Yossi with three points. UC Saros with 39 saves. And the Predators with a very nice uh, rebounding effort after getting shellacked by Dallas the other night. Uh, Artemi Panarin has scored in five straight games. Uh, he's worth every penny on that contract right now. Uh, but the Rangers have lost consecutive games. Uh, kind of coming back down to earth a little bit, but they, the Rangers are still, I think, a really intriguing dangerous team in the eastern conference that if the talent can start rounding into form that they're going to be fun to watch come january february uh the columbus blue jackets are apparently the washington capitals kryptonite uh three nothing victory for the blue jackets oliver bjorkstrand with two goals unit corpusala with 30 saves uh the capitals despite still being the best team in the league are eight two and zero in their past 10 games unfortunately both of those losses have come against the columbus blue jackets and it's Washington's first loss on the road in six games. I'd say that the Capitals are going to be fine because I don't think they're going to be running into the Blue Jackets unless they go on this crazy-ass run to make the playoffs. So I think the Capitals will be just fine. Uh, in a central division tilt between the top teams in the division, the Blues beat the Avalanche 5-2. to David Perron, old Vegas buddy with a hat trick. Uh, he's got 33 points in 35 games. Man, if Vegas had him. Wouldn't that be something? You put Perron on that third line with uh, right uh, right now this third line with Tuck and Stasny. Man, would that be good? Uh, Avs Colorado's nine game point streak ended. The Blues are up by three points in the Central. The Avs have two games in hand, and this is your friendly reminder that the St. Louis Blues are still doing all of this without Vladimir Tarasenko. When Tarasenko comes back, I I can't imagine any team being really a threat to the Blues. They they are the favorites in the West by now, and it's not even close. It's not even close. Uh, and finally, the Oilers, the aforementioned Oilers, getting back on track. Their first win in five games, a 2-1 victory against the Stars, who had their five-game point streak ended uh, Zach Cassian and Leon Dreisaitl with the goals, Connor McDavid with, with the assists on both. Uh, Tyler Sagan scored for the first time in 11 games, but that would not be uh, the result that the Stars were looking for, who have now lost back-to-back game or not back-to-back games, but who have now lost uh, for the first time in five games. Losing to Edmonton, who now are back atop the, the Pacific Division for one night, but if Vegas gets the win tonight, then Vegas can leapfrog everybody and get to first place unless the Coyotes win. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. So that is our look around the league for today. Uh, we will be back tomorrow again with a look around the league, as well as we will break down the Golden Knights taking on the Wild. And if the Golden Knights can finally defeat the Minnesota Wild in their own barn, it is the one thing that has been eluding this team for the longest time. 
We'll see if they get there, and we will bring it all back for you tomorrow here on Locked on Golden Knights. So thank you guys for listening. Have a good one. We will see you tomorrow. I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one.